I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about the word of mouth influence hierarchy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 57 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that we covered at one of our recent events in Charlotte, and that is the word-of-mouth influence hierarchy. The premise behind this one is that some advisors get more referral flow than others. We wanted to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And it's fun being in our business model. We're a very niche company. We get to study one specific group of people like financial advisors and go really deep with some of our research questions. So this year, we tried to look at a gradation of those who got zero referrals pretty much to those who were pretty much middle of the road to those who got a lot of referral flow to try to figure out why some of this was happening. Right, exactly. So we, we had those three segments. What do we call them? Uh, laggards, which is not the most... Um, you don't want to be a laggard. Yeah, you don't want to... Yeah. But if you're a laggard, you brought between zero and two referrals over right. the past year, which you could pretty much look at and say... Something's wrong if you're only getting one or two people who think enough about your services to refer you along to somebody else That's exactly in the course right. of a given year. Um, the middle of the road, we call them middlers, and they were three to nine referrals. And then generators, those are ones who are proactively generating referrals. They get 10-plus referrals a year. And, and this is probably the – I mean, when we talk to advisors all the time about various services that we have, this is one of the top ways that – really good advisors are growing. It's just word of mouth. Well, in pretty much every line of business in any occupation, most of your growth comes from people who are happy with you and telling others about it. So it's worth examining. Why are some people getting a lot and others not so much? So some of what we found, and and we're going to walk you through a bit of a worksheet that we put together for some of our coaching clients. And you'll notice some themes that are common sense, Mm -hmm. but not always executed consistently. And you'll notice a few things that really tip the scale in favor of the generators getting a lot more referral flow. This is set up as a pyramid or a hierarchy, if you will, with the base of this hierarchy being that you've got to exceed professional expectations, right? That's got to be the foundation of the model. Nobody's referring you if you do a lousy job. Right, right. We're going to move in and talk about how to emotionally connect with your clients so that on a personal level, they like you and they want to help you out. We'll talk about how to activate conversations, putting your name in your client's mouth when they're in front of other people. And lastly, how to refine the narrative, how to get your clients talking about you in more descriptive, more powerful terms. That's like the pinnacle of the hierarchy, right? That's like the the very tip top. If you're at that point where you're doing everything else and now you're just refining the narrative, you've done a pretty good job here. Um, Before we get into that, look, this is a great time of year to be thinking about joining a, a coaching program like ours. Um, this is a, a time to be a little bit more introspective and thinking about 2018 and what you're going to be doing. Uh, we, we'd love to help you out. Think about who's pro- pushing you professionally, taking your business to the next level. That's what we do all day long for financial advisors. So let's dive into the model here yep. and talk about exceeding professional expectations. Kevin, what goes through your mind when you say exceeding professional expectations. Well, I think the first key word, obviously, you think about is expectation. So what does the client expect of you? Uh, and we actually have some research on that. We have 14 specific criteria that our research shows that the affluent are looking for in a financial professional. Now, we're not going to go through all 14 criteria, right, in terms of what they expect and what they're looking for. But they are things like, I mean, just being a problem solver, a breadth and depth of industry knowledge, 
meeting investment expectations, protecting investments from downside risk, helping create a financial plan. I mean, there are those types of things that are really the nuts and bolts of, of building your practice and things that you should be doing. Right. So part of it is uh, on a foundational level, how are you communicating with them and what services are you providing? Yep. And also what type of experience are they getting when they're in the office with you? Right. Is this something they'd like to bring a friend into? Is this this first class high level service? And so you start thinking about what adds up to first class high level service? Well, the fact that you remember about them when they come in the office, you know, little tidbits about their family and things they've told you in the past. You may do little things like walk them to the car or have their favorite beverage ready. Mm-hmm. This is something that the little things mean a lot. Yeah. So is it Ritz Carlton level service or is it more Econo Lodge service? Yeah. Right? When they walk into your office, are they sitting in the lobby watching CNN waiting for you to come out or are they warmly greeted by someone on your team by name and brought back to their favorite beverage to a very warm review meeting where a lot of business is tackled, but also some personal dots are connected. That's the type of match we're looking at in terms of we, we need uh, the professional side of things done real well, but we need to wow them as well in terms of uh, the service. Service and experience. And then the, the other component that we like talking about is just is feedback too, right? Yeah. Constantly getting feedback from clients. What do they, they like and appreciate about what you're doing? What do they not like? Uh, and that should be woven throughout your your entire process. So that's it. I mean, that's the base exceeding professional expectations. You really should not be going to the next level of the hierarchy if you haven't nailed that first. Right. So shifting gears, let's move up a notch and talk about emotionally connecting. And that might sound a little hokey. That might sound a little too touchy-feely for many of you out there. But it's based in real solid research from the Harvard Business Review where they studied clients who they called emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a little bit of the data points first before we get into what emotionally connected means. But the article was in, in 2016, Harvard Business Review. It said an emotional connection matters more than customer satisfaction. And they actually did some of this research on financial services, yeah. and it came out that emotionally connected clients are 52% more valuable than highly satisfied clients. They're six times more likely to consolidate assets. They are less price sensitive. They follow your advice. They make a good client, more or less. Yeah, that's that's really interesting stuff. Now, it, it seems somewhat of an abstract topic, though. It's like, okay, how do I make sure that I'm emotionally connected to my clients. Um, I don't think it's something that you can, you know, just take a quick questionnaire and say, yep, I'm emotionally connected to Steven. No, right? you, you can't manufacture it. You can't rush it. Right. You know, it, it happens through interactions over time where you're showcasing empathy, concern, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a desire to learn more about them. Yep. Uh, I think that's really big. And also they have to know about you too, Right. So, I mean, here, here's a couple of tips that we, we offer up in terms of um, connection builders and, you know, emotionally connecting, slowing down, not feeling rushed. Right? I cannot go into a meeting with you and feel like I am have the time to emotionally connect if I'm now rushed off to the next meeting. It's just you, you need to give yourself ample buffer time between your meetings so that it's not push at all. I mean, I, I was with, on a call with an advisor the other day who he said he had a two and a half hour meeting with one of his his widow clients, and he said it was like the best meeting we've ever had. And probably ten percent of the conversation was around her financial investments. It was just we were talking about her cat and her traveling mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving coming up and all of that. But that to me is the epitome of, of your emotionally connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about things like engaging feelings, mm-hmm. you know, not asking who did you get to see over the weekend. But more of, 
you know, how did it feel getting Patrick back in town for the holidays? Well, that's a good example. You know, right? So thinking about how do you engage their feelings and, and making a point to always get personal, whether it's a review meeting, a telephone call, an email, a handwritten note, inserting some personal element in all of that communication. Mm-hmm. For example, P.S., hope Mickey's doing well after the surgery. Right. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, social lunches, you know, no business, just social. I think that can make a big difference. Engaging their kids, talking about their pets. Engaging um, them on Facebook. Yes. I um, mean, the idea that you're connected on Facebook gives you, you know, multiples of the typical touch points you would have with a client that's not on Facebook. And you, you just learn so much about them. Right. right. So, I mean, that is, so making an effort to emotionally connect. And this is so much deeper than just getting social, right? This is, is, Connecting on a, a personal, emotional level. Right. Making it to where they want to help you out. And, and so when we're looking at uh, the next phase of this, which is activate conversations, this is where the generators really distance them, distance, distance, distance <laughs> themselves from the middlers. Right. The middlers, you look at it, and this is just a snapshot. This is an average. You would say the middlers are people who do a good job for clients. They connect with many of them. But that's about where it stops, and that's enough to generate a middling level of referral flow. Yep. The generators in our research were ones who went a step beyond that and really worked hard to be proactive in stimulating word of mouth. Now, what do we mean by that? Uh, little things, uh, and in this guide we've put together uh, uh, a listing of, what is this, 20 different ideas for stimulating word of mouth with your clients and their friends. Exactly. But if you look at the base level of some of the most effective, there's some strategies we've talked about for a long time, including... Asking for personal introductions uh, on a social level, mm-hmm. hosting client events. Those who are generators were far more likely to have held a client event or to have asked for an introduction over the last year than the middlers or laggards. This concept is basically creating situations where it's natural for clients to talk about you, right? They, they You do a good job for them. You emotionally connect with them. And now you're creating scenarios where they feel compelled to have a conversation with another person about you as their financial advisor, where whether it's yeah, like giving a surprise and delight gift, or asking for an introduction, or um, you know, or being visible on with Facebook interactions, or whatever whatever it is, it's like now they have to have a conversation, and you're kind of forcing the hand of word of mouth a little bit. Here. And when we're talking about uh, small gifts, Kevin, we're not talking about any and all small gifts. We're talking about gifts that are shareable. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're sending a big gift basket of cookies to their office that they're going to have to take around and share with other people. Or you're sending a pie to their house when you know they're having family in town. Or you're giving them five books on teaching kids about finance because you have a bunch of them and you you should give them to some of your friends anyway, and I have some of these extras. Absolutely. Calling them on their cell phone instead of their landline, even when you know they're busy, just to force the hand of, oh, who was that? Well, it was my super proactive financial advisor. That's who it was. (laughs) Um, But you're you're trying to think it through, and this is what we did in this guide, was think through all the little ways that you can get clients talking about you. And think about this. If next year you did nothing different, if 2018 was a year of nothing different except for we worked through some of these strategies for activating conversations. And let's say for the sake of crazy numbers that over the course of the year, your client base in total talked about you 174 times this year. Mm Mm-hmm. How do we make that 200 next year, 225, knowing that the more they're talking about you with friends and family, so long as it's in a positive light, the the better the results are going to be in terms of your referral flow. And the reason this is this is a hierarchy too is because you can't just jump right into activate conversations. Like, and I know this is a tendency for a lot of advisors. They hear some creative ideas and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to start." You know, if you don't emotionally connect, right, and if you don't 
you know, make sure that you're just upstanding professional and exceeding professional expectations, you're you're not going to get the the um, the return that you think you should be getting from some of these activities. Yeah, it's like, gosh, that guy Kevin, you know, he's an he's an okay financial advisor. He stinks at communicating with us. The returns have been lousy. But boy, he drops off the greatest pies every year. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> Eventually, they're going to say, hey, the, the pie is not really worth it anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So this leads you to the pinnacle here of the word of mouth hierarchy, and that is refining the narrative. So, right, you're a really good professional. You emotionally connect. You activate conversations. And then at the very tip, what you're going to be doing here is, is almost coaching your clients in terms of how to explain your value to some of their friends and family, other people they know in their network. So we look at this in a few different categories. Number one, it's great when clients have a little bit of your backstory to tell, mm -hmm. how you got in the business or where you went to school or what led you to this profession. And when you're equipping with that, it gives them a story to tell when they're referring you to other people. When people give referrals, they like to give context, mm -hmm. right? So like, I don't like to just say, yeah, yeah, you, Steven, he's a great advisor. I like to say, you know, Steven, yeah, he actually, it's interesting. He started off working for XYZ company and then he decided to go on his own and open up his own shop because he didn't feel like their financial planning was in depth enough or now he's, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's or like, Tim's I, a great guy, military background, yeah. very regimented with our planning process. You're going to love him. Right, engineer by trade, yeah, whatever it is. When we're Love talking it. about your background, we're not talking about a full bio that you're hoping clients memorize, but you're through spaced repetition making sure they understand what this what this backstory is and yeah. why it's important when they refer you. Um, another kind of um, one that we feel like you should be constantly reinforcing to clients is your true differentiator. This is a concept we go through in coaching, um, you know, to make sure that all the advisors we work with can clearly articulate what sets them apart, and then you need to be emphasizing, re-emphasizing that to clients during review meetings or during during any really interactions with them. Again, that spaced repetition so that when they're saying, well, why is why is Steven so good? Well, he can say, well, because he does these three things, right? Yeah, exactly right. And again, with the spaced repetition, this is not a checklist that you go through and say, Kevin, I want to teach you on how to refer me the best. We're going to uh, refine yeah. your narrative. Yeah. No, it's just something you repeat in conversation <laughs> over time to where it becomes your mantra and their mantra. Yep. So for the last piece, your ideal client profile, you want them understanding who you work best with. Mm -hmm. You know, Kevin, we, we really value working with engineers like you. We've developed a real niche in that in that spot and learned a lot about you. It's been fantastic. Exactly. And the way you said that, too, it's not like um, – I mean, it, well, here's another thing, too. I mean, you said that very naturally, but you could also put this stuff on your website, right? Uh -huh, yeah. Like this can be in some any sort of marketing materials that you have, a website, your LinkedIn profile, your Facebook about section. But you you have some of these components so that clients are just – armed and dangerous when that opportunity is present, they can clearly articulate, well, his background, what sets him apart, and who he typically works with. Yeah. So again, to recap the model, do a good job for people. Mm -hmm. Make sure you connect on a human level. Get the conversation out there and be proactive about it. And make sure they're speaking the right language about you. Right. Right. In basic form, it's not all that complex, but there's a big difference every year in those who are bringing in hardly any referrals versus those who are at 10+. plus. Exactly. So hope that you found this valuable. Again, take advantage of a, a free coaching consultation with us. You'd be speaking with either me or Kevin. Mm -hmm. Not that that's some real treat, but we're not. Uh, we talk to people all the time who say, oh, yeah. Well, I got, I got, I got a guy on the, the line the other day who said, oh, yeah, that voice. Oh, yeah, you're on the podcast. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. No, we're, we're very much involved in the coaching program. And we like having these consultations to learn more about your business and see if there's a fit. If not, so what? We wasted, what, 30 minutes, you getting to know us and vice versa. We'll probably uh, get some ideas out of it. Yeah, you get some ideas. We get some ideas. It's all good. So do take us up on that. Thanks for joining, everybody. Mm -hmm.